I'm Stina. I'm Danielle. We want to focus on uh, television and movies in particular. Yes. Disclaimer that we are in no way film experts. A deep, like, dive. Be quiet. Whoa. I'm yelling. Back me up on this one. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to Two Girls Watch TV. I always feel like somebody's watching me and I have no privacy. Oh, we can't afford this, but I'm going to sing it anyway. Was that what was playing when in the um, the fun house? No. I don't think so, but I thought of that song the entire time I watched the series. Yeah. Is this like... Wait, and then the best part is I started this... I started this series while I was at Dave's and then I drove home and that song came on in the car and I was like, oh. my favorite part is when he goes, I wonder who's watching me now. The IRS. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, long story short, today we are going to be doing the HBO series Watchmen. I always feel like somebody's watching me. Get it? Because of the song? You guys get it? You get it. Well, I'm going to explain my comedic humor to you all. You're going to have to figure it out on your own. I would like to point out that did I not say that I was very excited this, that this got nominated in our Emmy baby sewed? Our baby sewed! Yes, you did. You did. I called it. You did. And for those of you who, if you haven't watched Watchmen yet, Get it together, one and two. Now you can watch all of the episodes on HBO Max, coming to you live from (laughs) Two Girls Watch HBO. That's our new name for this uh, this month of August. October. Wow, I said August. (laughs) You said August? Yeah, what are days? Oh, I thought I had a stroke for a minute. I thought I was going to take the hit for that one. No, that was me. What are days? What are months? I don't know anymore. Time is of the illusion. Always tick-tock, tick-tock. That's that's good. That's a good callback. Look at you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm so excited. Tell us about the awards. So at the Emmys, first of all, I would like to say that the Emmys page is probably the best of the award show pages because it's one page and it said that and it gives you all the information. It's great. 26 nominations, 11 wins. Wow. It was the winner of Best Limited Series. Regina King won for Best Lead Actress in a Limited Series. Yahya Abdul-Mateen II won for Best Supporting Actor in a Limited Series. Also, El Gossett Jr. and Joven Adepo were also nominated. Jeremy Irons was nominated for Best Lead Actor in a Limited Series. Gene Smart was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in a Limited Series. And this won outstanding writing for episode six, The Extraordinary Being. Uh, Damon Lindelof, Lindelof, who's the creator, and uh, Cord Jefferson were the ones who wrote that episode. Before we go into the summary, I just want to bring up like two quick things. Do you know where I know, do you know where we know Regina King from? Uh, Miss Congeniality 2, because that's where I know her from. Go back further to a Cinderella story. Oh, yes. You With are Hillary correct. Duff. I was like, where do I, this brings me back. Where do I originate this yep. face from? Yep, she refused to that, wear the skates. Yes. And do you know where we know Jeremy Irons from? Oh, I don't know that one. Tell me. 
He's Scar. He's Scar? Yes. Oh, my That's God. That's Scar from The Lion King. All right. Well, I got one for you. Do you know where we know Looking Glass from? Where? Holtz. He's Dr. Pendansky. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't see that one coming. I knew that one as soon as he came on because Holes is one of my favorite TV shows or movies. Sorry. It's a mo- yeah, it was a book first and then it was a movie. I read the book. I watched the movie. I did not. Did not do my summer reading that year, sixth grade. Don't forget it. <laughs> now I'm a teacher. Now I teach people. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so. <laughs> I can relate to that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the summary i did my best here there was a lot it's, it's a paragraph so yeah this... if you think i should add or take anything out let me know okay in an oklahoma city called tulsa we see how generations of vigilantes were mistreated through the traditional officer titles from the very first vigilante to the most recent one in 2019 we see how a hate cult has evolved and punished people of color AKA these visual antis in this particular situation. Even though the world has quote unquote been temporarily saved, um, at one point, it hasn't stopped the citizens of Earth from continuing to destroy each other and each other's morale. Each passing episode reveals us getting one step closer to discovering what happened in this town, how to stop it, and what to do when your blue god has no more power. No question is left unanswered, no mask is left unturned. I like the ending a lot. I got a little confused with vigilantes, though, because it seems like the majority of the vigilantes were in New York. And then there's there's well, the very first vigilante is in Tulsa. It's the grandfather. Yeah, but he fled Tulsa when he was a little kid. But he started when they threatened to hang him. So that was in New York. He was a cop in New York at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he left Tulsa and they were in New York City for all of the 40s. And then that's where... He never yeah. he never went back to Tulsa until this, like, moment in time. Like, current time, this show. Right. So what were you confused about when I said vigilantes? So, like, in Tulsa, it didn't seem like there were any vigilantes because the original, like... The Minutemen and then the Watchmen were all in like New York City areas. Oh wait a minute! Did I think I said the wrong thing? I have down here. We see how a hate call has evolved and punished people of color. I didn't. I think I said vigilantes there, and I didn't mean to. I just meant like anybody who wasn't a part of their white supremacy group. Gotcha. I mean yeah. the the seventh Calvary. Calvary. Wow, I can't say Calvary. Calvary. This is going to be a fun episode. They are the vigilantes of Tulsa in like present day, and that's why Lori is sent down there. You know what? I I feel like we're just going too much into the information. I'm sorry about this. I think we need to define what a vigilante is real quick. Because a member of a self-appointed group of citizens who undertake law enforcement in their community without legal authority, typically because legal agencies are thought to be inadequate. So I don't think this is necessarily 7th Calvary. I think it's more of the masked people who are not a part of the police force, like that Batman guy who comes in when they rob a bank. Yeah, he's technically... He's a vigilante, but he's trying to do good. He's trying to catch the robbers. Yeah. So it's a person who is enforcing law, but they're not legally allowed to do it. Yeah. Okay. 
So I guess like, but it sounds like, but the I'm whole... assuming that a vigilante is a, like an, okay. Oh, I'm assuming that a vigilante, I don't want to say anti-hero because that's going to mess this up so much more, but I'm assuming that a vigilante has good intentions because they're trying to do what is just, but they're not like legally allowed to do it. Okay. Like the common question is Batman a vigilante because he's not a police officer but he's enforcing the law of Gotham. Well, yeah, I would argue that all superheroes are vigilantes. Right, but then you can't say that the 7th Calvary is, can you? No, but You're I... You're more of a cult. I was thinking more along the lines of she was sent down there by the FBI to investigate the 7K, and her specific title is to... I'm talking about Lori. Her specific title is to... Uh, fight against the vigilantes to catch the vigilantes for the FBI so that's why she was sent down there but then I remembered that Joe Keen is the one who technically sent her down there because she used to date Dr. Manhattan and they he was part of this whole scheme to kill you know what we're getting too much into this we, yeah we so need to focus for the record uh, that's that's what I was using the term vigilante for because the definition I mean you know if we wanted to have a philosophy course on this this could this episode would be like 13 days long but I was assuming that a vigilante was acting justly in enforcing the law because of what the hooded, the Matt, wait, what's his name? The hooded, hooded, hooded justice. Yeah, of, because of what he did and how he acted. So I assumed that it was somebody acting in a just manner, not committing crimes that they think are ethical in their own messed up brains. That's true. I'm focusing on somebody who's doing good, like a superhero. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, let's get into this character list. I'm going to start out with Angela Abar, a.k.a. Sister Knight, played by Regina King. She's a police officer in Tulsa, Oklahoma, originally born in Saigon, Vietnam. We find out that her life has not been easy, as a nice and easy way to put that. Her parents, dead. Grandmother comes to save her from Vietnam and bring her back to Tulsa, has a heart attack. She has, as Dr. Manhattan describes, a profound sense of loneliness, says she doesn't want a family, but she desperately does. And then she meets Dr. Manhattan, who turns himself into Cal, played by Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. Uh, she meets him in a bar. His real name is John Osterman, who has an accident many years prior that alters his life forever. He is an all-powerful being that, that experiences time in a very interesting way where everything happens simultaneously to hide his his identity he turns himself into a mortal form and with the help of adrian fights amnesia device he forgets that he is dr manhattan hiding amongst the mortals in the first episode angela meets william reeves played by lewis gossett jr after he kills the police chief Unbeknownst to her, this is her grandfather and the OG superhero Hooded Justice. He fled Tulsa as a boy after the 1921 massacre to New York City. He became a police officer, realized all the police were part of Cyclops, a.k.a. KKK Nouveau. They turned on him. He began to fight crime while masked, and all the society mistook him for being a white guy, when really he was not. Uh, we meet FBI agent Lori Blake, formerly known as Silk Spectre, uh, played by Jean Smart. She is the head of the task force to catch vid- vigilantes. She is sent to Tulsa by Senator Joe Keene, as I mentioned, played by, jo- played by James Wolk. 
to help figure out who killed the police chief. She's also the former girlfriend of the blue naked guy and a former quote-unquote friend of Adrian Veidt, a.k.a. Ozymandias, played by Jeremy Irons. He is an incredibly powerful, smart, and wealthy man, so naturally, he's a jerk. We see him living in this weird utopia where he is the master of an army of clones that he kills any way he sees fit. Also, he is making several attempts to fling himself into space. We find out he is trying to get the attention of Lady True, played by Hong Chao. We find out that one of Vite's servants stole his sperm, birth Lady True, and Vite passed a lot of qualities to her, including his genius and his ego. Honorable mentions of these characters are Looking Glass, played by Tim Blake Nelson, Red Scare, Andrew Howard, and Pyro Jenny, played by Jessica Camacho. So, I tried to keep this climax as short as possible. Well, tell us what episode you're starting with. So, I'm going to start at the end of episode 7. Okay. We find out that Cal is Dr. Manhattan, and we find out that the Calvary wants to kidnap him and take his powers. Angela does everything in her power to prevent that throughout episode eight, but because Dr. Manhattan is Dr. Manhattan, he knows everything, he knows how it's gonna go down, that doesn't happen. By the finale episode, the seventh Calvary has captured John, teleported him to a special Dr. Manhattan trap, which is made out of watch batteries, the irony there, (laughs) <laughs> the senior members of Cyclops, Lori, who was kidnapped, and Looking Glass, disguised as a 7K member, and Angela, who comes in like a badass, which she is, all watch as Joe Keen attempts to transmit Dr. Manhattan's powers into himself. As soon as he does that, Lady True says, not today, Joey. She teleports the whole setup, church and all, to the town square, where Team True and Vite take over. She kills all of Cyclops' members um, and lets the bloody goo of uh, Joaquin drip into Dr. Manhattan's cage. As soon as that happens, he is able to teleport Lori, Mirror Guy, and Vite to Vite's Antarctic lair. Angela is left behind because Dr. Manhattan does not want to die alone. Lady True sucks all the power out of John, but right before she puts it in her, into herself, Adrian rains down frozen squids, destroying the machine True has created and herself. Angela seeks refuge in the old Tulsa theater where her grandfather is watching over her kids. And this is where I hand it off to you. Did I do that in a nice, concise way? Yeah, I thought that was good. <laughs> She finds all three of her children sleeping on the stage in the theater. She has a conversation with her grandfather, Will. Angela confirms with Will that Dr. Manhattan is indeed dead. Will is sorry that this happened, but Manhattan said that he insisted that it be this way. We find out Manhattan went to Will before he fully became Calvin Abar to ask for his assistance in assuring his death, but also making sure that the power transmitted from his death did not go into the wrong hands. We're brought back to Angela's house with her children and Will. Angela finds the eggs that fell on the floor from when she tried to stop Dr. Manhattan from making waffles because he was hungry. (laughs) And I'll be damned if I'm not hungry in a time of crisis too. (laughs) She opens the carton to find one egg 
and were reminded of the conversation she had with Dr. Manhattan at the bar when they first met. He explains how he could possibly create some power in, from inside of himself, specifically putting it in an egg, and how a person could ingest said egg and have some of these capabil- capabilities, apparently. Theoretically. We are left with Angela drinking the raw egg from its shell, barefoot in front of her swimming pool. I was just talking about this and I kind of know I have an idea of how you're going to react do you think that they're going to do a second season of this I don't know so you know what's interesting to me I immediately thought of do you remember when we did upload Mm -hmm. so I don't know if she's actually going to walk on water because in upload, she tells him, like, you could do anything. Like, you could even walk on water. And then he tries to walk on the water and he drowns. Yeah. And then she laughs at him and picks him up. So I actually don't know if she's going to be able to do it or not. But it is a limited series. So I'm assuming no. I, I, it's listed as a limited series. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do it a second season because it is a limited series. But that is quite a cliffhanger to end it on, where you're kind of like, ah, does she have Dr. Manhattan's powers? Does she not? I don't know. I could see them maybe down the line doing something, but having it super flash forward and having the son, Topher, because if you remember, Topher finally goes into the bakery and he sees the Sister Night outfit. If I could see, like, an older Topher being either a police officer or like a vigilante I could see that happening okay yeah I don't I don't know I don't know if they will but usually a limited series is limited exactly so the fun will never stop the fun will never stop I could tell you that IMDB only gave it an 8.1 out of 10 the critics gave this on Rotten Tomatoes a 96%. Yeah. The audience, 55%. I don't understand how this got so much hate because I was reviewing the reviews and there was a lot of hate. Yeah, I picked two reviews to illustrate like a bad review and then a good review. But you can go okay. first. This is, just go over with me real quick before I actually do this. His, the, the director's name is Damon Lindelof. Lindelof, yeah. He's the, okay. he's the creator. Okay. So, 8 out of 10, glad I took a chance on this one. For the folks out there calling this show woke, you actually might be a racist. This show is not woke. Charlie Angels was woke. Dr. Fate was woke. Watchmen is just great storytelling with a diverse cast and poignant, rarely discussed historical topics. Seriously, did anyone at any point during high school and college ever once bring up Tulsa 1921? No? Yeah, me neither. This show wasn't preaching at us, and I really appreciate. For the first time in what feels like an eternity, there is a strong female lead who is believable and doesn't need to tell us that she's a strong female lead. She isn't some stupid supermodel who looks cute holding a gun, trying to make us believe that her 105 pound ass can beat up a grown man. That folks is woke horseshit. 
Getting the E on this one. Oh, that is an excellent review. African American actors in one show slash film this mainstream since Black Panther. I love it. Regina King is truly fantastic, and I'm so happy she is the face of something so mainstream. I'm only a few episodes in, but I'm hooked. All I ask is please, Damon Lindelof, don't lost us here. Wow. I thought that was like everything I felt. That is an excellent, excellent review. And I agree. Um, I will say I had not heard of the Tulsa Massacre before this year. And I am. Yeah, we talked about it at the Emmys because that's when we started to figure out, like, when they accepted their award, they said Tulsa 21. Yeah, and I, I was like, uh, because my mind immediately goes 2021, and I'm like, what ha- what's happening in Tulsa in 2021? We can't wait for 2021. We can't wait to get out of this year. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, okay, so I picked two reviews because I did want to read a bad review and then a good review. Okay, but my favorite part. Sorry, I just go ahead. My favorite part is she isn't some stupid supermodel who looks cute holding a gun trying to make us believe that her 105 pound ass can beat up a girl. <laughs> yeah, that that part got me as well. Wow. Like, that, pre- folks, is woke horseshit. Just preach. Preach. I recently rewatched Charlie's Angels and I was like, wow, this is like, I loved that movie growing up, but those girls. It's it's so fake. It's so absolutely of fake. It is. I mean, this person censored themselves, but I'm not going. I'm going to do them the justice <laughs> and actually say what needs to be said. So I did. <laughs> Your turn. So I picked a two star review first because I would like to hear what people have a problem with. And I did read some reviews where they literally called this hot garbage. To which I say, <laughs> you are hot hot garbage. But this two-star review says, I'm glad the critics liked the show, but personally, I find the plot tedious to follow, if at all. I work hard during the day, and when I watch TV, I want to be entertained and relaxed, not confused and frustrated. This person should stay away from anything done by Tarantino. Yeah, then you're... this is this Stugatz has no idea what he's talking about because this is there's a whole genre where people like puzzles. It's called mystery. Yeah, be quiet and go watch Young Sheldon or Big Bang Theory. All right, oh, if you want to be entertained shots. and relax. Coming in here, guns blazing. <laughs> I'm gonna see how many episodes I can incorporate that phrase into. All right, well, this is the four-star review, and this is the one I actually agree with. Okay. Truly an imaginative show. Episode six is the best episode of any show I have seen in a while. Itself deserves multiple awards. They have taken true life horrific incident and made it an entertaining show talking about it. Regina King deserves a Best Actress Award. Well, she won it, and also, this is a good segue into my highs, because episode six was so unbelievably incredible. It was an entire flashback episode, and the way that they used color in that episode Mm -hmm. was so incredible, because it's set in 1940s New York City, and they use black and white for that. But then there are little, like, blips of 1921 Tulsa, which is Will Reeves' 
like back backstory just mm-hmm. thrown in there so you can just kind of tell which plot line is happening but it's also very trippy because Angela took her grandfather's nostalgia pills so she's on this weird trip where she doesn't know what time she is or what year she is or even yeah. who she is just absolutely incredible episode so unbelievably good I agree um if we're gonna jump right in I have a lot of highs I think I really so and this is kind of taking me into the expectation versus reality but I'm just gonna say this I never saw Watchmen the movie back in 2009 I never saw it and I never read the comic I never read the graphic novel I never read the comics like I don't I didn't really know a whole lot about this other than like you know our friends used to say who watches the Watchmen like that was I just I thought I didn't know anything so the idea of like a mask in general, I really liked that it had like a different portrayal here where it was it was a superhero. It was a vigilante. It was a police officer. It was an undercover agent. It was like anybody trying to hide anything about themselves. So there were like layers to the meaning of it. Mm-hmm. I like that they took a real world event and try, I feel like taking a real world event and trying to incorporate it into like this alternate universe, that's like a dope idea. And I feel like that is Actually, I know for a fact that that is an extensive amount of research that needs to be done. Yeah. And I really like this because you have to like, even though we're living in 29, 29, 2019, it's not enough to just live it. You still have to research it, be aware of what's going on, be aware of uh, the politics of the area that you're filming, like all of this research, all of these, if it's done right, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't want to use the excuse, well, it's a movie. Like if you want to like, really bring it to life then an extensive amount of research needs to be done before writing the script and creating everything but then you also need to do all of that research throughout every other time period that you bring up and also research and put together this entire alternate universe that you're creating and then also research the alternate universe that it was in the 2009 movie that is so much research involved it's also it's also more than that you need to because Watchmen is such like a beloved thing it was a graphic novel that came out in the 80s and it has its own whole backstory and multiple storylines you have to also do research on that and that universe that was created right exactly but I I thought I thought that that universe was what was in the 2009 movie. It but was. Still, you, you'd still have to re, you'd still have to look into both of them to make sure that you're covering everything and how you're making things different and try to parallel as much as you can or or not parallel depending on what you're doing. Yeah. But I I love research. I think that research is super cool. I love learning things, and I feel like my dream job would be to like be on the set to like write help write this like be one of the writers and like do all the research and like find all the things out yeah that's so cool um I all I love the titles like how they just walk through the titles like that's really cool I like how they took things that seemed kind of corny because sometimes in superhero movies there's things that are corny yeah but I really like when superhero movies take things that are corny and make them like awesome so like when she took those nostalgia pills I was like this is going to be lame, but it wasn't at all. They made it like super important and super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then like my last high, there was a tasteful use of the F-bomb, which I feel like is really hard to do because we've had this conversation before. Mm -hmm. And when people fling it around too much, like it's not, it's not funny. It's not effective. It's not like, 
I don't know. It's not authentic. But <laughs> Go back people... and listen to our Palm Springs episode. Yes, that was it. I couldn't remember where it was. Um, but when people don't use it, it sounds like they're trying too hard to not use it. And it's like, at that point, just say what you got to say. If it's a PG-13 movie, you could say it once. That's what the FCC allows. But it's rated R, so they have free reign. Are you good? Yeah, sorry. It's my chair squeaky. <laughs> my leg got, my leg, it got a little uh, numb and I wanted to like move it quietly and my chair was just like, no, sorry. It's oh, going to yeah. be squeaky. But I just feel like it's very difficult to, to do, to have a tasteful amount uh, and but also like in its delivery, it was natural. It was said where it needed to be said. It wasn't overused. It wasn't overemphasized. I, re- I th- so that's I I don't I can't really elaborate more on it. But I just thought it was a tasteful use you, of the f bomb. I I can agree with that. I think that, that was very difficult to say without actually saying the f bomb. Did you have any lows? Yeah. So I kind of wish I I real and this might be my fault. I might have messed up. When Looking Glass goes into his home the night when uh, his machine um, or alarm system fails, he yeah. gets a new one. He, he brings it in the house after all. And then all of a sudden, like, all of the um, – they have the, the mask on. 7K. The yeah, 7K Calvary. come in to his um, house. And, like, I, I – you know, you obviously immediately assume that he's the one who's going to die. Now, I know at the end of certain episodes, there was more information, like when Jeremy Irons' character finds, he finally gets the horseshoe that's in the cake, that's at the end of one of the episodes. I don't, so I, I don't know if I missed anything, but I kind of wish I knew what was going to happen. We just, it, we don't talk about it for like a really long time, and then all of a sudden, um, Somebody walks in and they're like, so all these guys are super dead and Looking Glass is nowhere to be found. Yeah. That was a fight scene that I would have loved to To see. see. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that wasn't a big low for me. I kind of like that they just, you're left with the idea of like, oh, what's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, it was Petey who's calling um, Lori. Lori, yeah. And being like, "Uh, yeah, something's happening over here. I wanted to know. I wanted, that was a fight scene that I'd love to see. But just like to see how he got out of that. Kind of like the spy. Kind of like the spy. Yeah. That's true. And the other thing the other thing that I had here was, and it might just be, I don't know if this is a lull, but maybe it's just me being confused. I'm not totally sold on the idea that Dr. Manhattan had to die. Yeah, I... I guess he had to die because he saw himself dying. That's the thing about him. Like, he experiences everything at once, so he knows that he's going to die. Okay. Okay. Because, like, that whole conversation could have been saved and he could have moved away from the beam. And at that point, everyone was dead, so there was nobody really left to control it. Yeah. The beam that brought him in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I I don't know. I think that he had to die because he saw the way that it was going to go down. And it's not so much... I try to think about the way his mind works because he can experience all of his moments at once. So it's kind of like, you know, in Game of Thrones where uh, Hodor, like, 
where Bran touches the, um, what does Bran touch? Bran touches someone, and then it, like, it ruins Hodor for, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know. It's an interesting way that his mind works, but I think because Dr. Manhattan saw himself dying, there was no other way to change his sight. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, like, he can see the future, he really, but he's, his main goal is to see the future, but not really to control it or stop it. Yeah. Okay. All right. All it right. kind of just happens. There's no way for, because he can see it, there's no way for situations to change. Okay. So, it, it's almost like if, once he sees it, it's inevitable. Yeah. Okay. All right. That, that That's a little, that, uh, all right. I'm not as... Um, cause like the way that things happen, it didn't seem like it had to happen. I mean, if he is, but this that all, makes a little more sense. If he is this all powerful being, there were definitely ways for him to stop the situation. But I think because he saw it, it's, that's just how it had to be. Right. Um, I did have a question. Who was the silver guy that sprayed himself with, uh, like all that, like slime and then slid into the the vents i don't know they just threw that in there i thought it was Petey for a quick second so did i i thought it was Petey too i kept saying to dave i was like he's too tall and lanky he doesn't look like anybody else yeah i had no clue who that was and they never cleared that part up you're right maybe i'll have to go back and watch it again oh god i need more time on my hands um can i tell you what my one low yeah oh i thought that was your low no yeah this is just a nitpicky low okay so they show Hoboken, New Jersey in this TV show. Yes. A.K.A. the Whore's Den, as they described it. They got pretty close, but they didn't get it right. What's not right? I was trying to figure out where it would be in Hoboken, and I can't place it anywhere. I think with the creators and the set designers, they just kind of, like, looked up Hoboken, New Jersey, and they're like, oh, they have a a clock. Okay, we'll put a clock somewhere, and it'll kind of look like Hoboken. It has this main square, and we'll kind of do this. All right, that's good enough. But it didn't – there was, like, a a church that they showed, but there's no church like that in Hoboken – and I don't know. It just it was close, but it wasn't it wasn't right. Hmm. I'm looking things up now because now I need to know. So maybe we'll add it to the quick fixes. But I don't think I had I didn't see anything pop up right away that said like you know when we did Joker it said like this was filmed in North this was filmed in Jersey City you know yeah. I'm sure it wasn't filmed in Hoboken. I think they made a makeshift Hoboken, but. Uh, and I think that someone just tried to create Hoboken without actually going there, and you can kind of tell that, but I won't, I mean, it's a small low, I won't hold it against them. You can if you want. No, I won't. It's, I, I understand. I'm sure, like, we watch things all the time, and, like, I don't know if Tulsa actually looks like they depicted it. I'm wondering why they chose Hoboken and not like Jersey City or Edgewater or like North Bergen. Or New York. (laughs) Well, so I'm reading, well, okay, so this is on Den of Geek, but they talk about Hoboken and how it's located right across the Hudson River from Manhattan and lines up almost exactly where the giant squid materialized, died, and detonated a psychotic shockwave that killed millions. So Hoboken's proximity to Manhattan mean that it would be right in the path of the blast wave 
just as residents of the city can often see and smell fires on the big island. Yeah. Right. But, oh, fine. But you like, there are many like areas of New Jersey that are right on the river as well. Like Hoboken's only a square mile, you know? So like, I don't know why they just didn't pick like Jersey city, which is literally right there. Well, they, they dropped the giant squid on Madison square garden which is Midtown Manhattan, and Hoboken is directly across from Midtown Manhattan. Like, when you take uh-huh. the ferry from Hoboken to uh, Midtown, you can take it to, like, 39th Street, so you're, like, right in that general area, so that makes sense. Okay. Got it. So that that's probably why. And they probably did it in Hoboken so that his character could survive, because it exactly. assumed that everybody within the direct radius died, but by making it a little bit further out in Holbrook or farther out rather in Holboken, you have the ability to have survivors, meaning that looking glass survived. Well, he didn't get squished by the giant squid, but because he was in that room of mirrors, that's why he survived. And that's why for the rest of his life, he covered himself in reflecting so that any like shock would, he would protect himself. Right, but even the people outside, there were still a couple of people outside that survived it. Yeah, I don't understand that. I was a little confused by that as well, because if you were in the blast, wouldn't you have died? I, that's what I thought, but apparently not. Very interesting. So, small things like that, don't, don't really know, but... Again, they're small. They don't, they don't really mean a lot to, like, the, the general plot. Yeah... Snack break. break. So, are we ready to move on to our snack break? Yeah, what'd you eat? So, I found, so I had some oatmeal, and typically I don't like oatmeal, but I found this recipe on Reels, aka knockoff TikTok, and it was for an apple pie oatmeal, and it called for an apple, some syrup, and you like cook that down, and then you put a cup of oats, two cups of water, and you cook your oats. Mm-hmm. Um, but I put cinnamon, ginger, and turmeric in it, and wow, was it really good. Oh, that does sound interesting. Like the app, I used a Granny Smith apple because those are my favorite. So like Granny Smith, like the Granny Smith and the syrup, would I did it before and it made it like too sweet. And I thought it was uh-huh. oversweet, but adding in the turmeric and the ginger gave it a little bit of spice and savoriness to it. And it uh-huh. really brought out the flavor of the apples. And it was really, really good. Oh. I went to Trader Joe's and had um, non-dairy vanilla ice cream made with almond milk. Yum. Mm. Oh, I need to get that now. That was really good. Damn. It wasn't expensive either. Also, I'm going to share my screen with you really quick because I just looked it up and... It's Weehawken that's directly across from Madison Square Garden. Hoboken's down here. Yeah, but but the ferry. Okay, go go down. You see where Trader Joe's is? Yeah, here. Yeah. Oh, this is still Hoboken. Yeah, this is still Hoboken. So where the Trader Joe's is, they it's directly across. Yeah, they go directly across. But where they were, they were downtown. You see this John's the florist down here. Okay. Actually, scroll even more down. You see where that little, like, subway train is? Yes. So when they panned out, they were on one of the piers in, like, midtown, in, like, downtown Hoboken, which didn't make any sense. 
Okay. Sorry for everyone listening to this on our podcast. We're looking at a map. <laughs> well, I know, but I just wanted to figure it out. So we will post. Oh, you know what? Let's take a screenshot. Smile real quick. Hold on. I'll take a screenshot. And we can post it when we go over this story. Okay. And I'm going to stop sharing my screen with you. Thank you. You're welcome. So as far as... um. My expectation versus reality. Like I said, I had no idea. I didn't look at anything. I went as blind as one can go into this. Mm-hmm. Blind into the night. I didn't read the book. I didn't see the movie. Blah, 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 blah. So I really thought, like, I thought of, at that point, I thought of vigilantes. I just thought that they were anti-heroes. Mm-hmm. What people had told me about the 2009 movie and, like, what I thought of Watchmen at that point, I just thought it was a bunch of anti-heroes like a good version of the Suicide Squad. Okay. In more ways than one, yeah. because everything about that was awful. Yeah, it was really bad. So that's all I knew. What about you? So I also went into this very blind. This was a Nick choice, and we were watching it when it came out in real time, like back when oh, it first okay. came out. And as soon as we watched it, then we watched the movie together, because I had never seen the movie Um, I do remember everyone being obsessed with it back in 2009, and I thought of it more as, like, um, it gave me very much uh, Guardians of the Galaxy vibes. I thought they were very similar, but it was very, very different. Um, I thought it was very well done and interesting how they took the graphic novel and presented it, it, like, fast-forwarded in time, so they took these, like, superhero characters and then aged them all like seeing adrian Veidt in his old like as an old person farting as his defense very very (laughs) funny i all in all i thought it was really really great movie i didn't have to be a complete watchman fan to appreciate it and i feel like it's probably better that we're not complete Watchmen fans because then we'd be like, oh, they did this wrong. Oh, they did that wrong. Where we can just sit and watch this and enjoy this for what it is. Well, but I think from what I gather from what the reviews are, they were mad because they, they the concept of Watchmen is different. And it's interesting because I thought to myself, so then do these people also hate on every other version of Spider-Man that's come out? Do they, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's like if you're only basing it on the original, like, I don't know if you can do that because Into the Spider-Verse, in my opinion, was like the best Spider-Man movie that came out. Yeah, that was really good. So, you like, if that's the case, if you're hating on how they took this and twisted it, then ha- you have to hate Captain Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. You have to hate, um, you have to hate Catwoman because that was redone. You have to hate, you know, Spider-Man. So, I, I wonder if these people have... The, the, the haters that hate it for this specific reason, if they also hate every other superhero movie that's been redone and twisted in one way, shape, or form. Yeah. So they have to hate all the Jokers, right? They have to hate them all. I don't know. I feel like fans. the comic book world, it's its own little niche world, so. Well, but no, but uh, yeah, but that's not my, that's not really my point because it's, it's like the, there are other versions of the comic book that have been done. Like, we've had this conversation when we went over Joker and how people said that Heath Ledger, they still think that Heath Ledger is still the best Joker. Mm-hmm. Well, if you compare all the Joker side by side, which we did, but just to briefly recap on that, Jack Nicholson is the comic book Joker. He is the closest version of that. But still people argue that Heath Ledger 
and arguably Joaquin Phoenix as well, are great jokers. But everybody seems to forget that Jack Nicholson is the closest to the comic. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just thinking if like if we're having that mindset here, then that mindset must apply to every other superhero movie that's been redone. And I just don't think that logic is valid, is my point. Okay. I'm going, I'm taking a logical fallacy, I'm embellishing it down a slippery slope, which is another logical fallacy, and then I'm proving it wrong by saying it's illogical, because it's a logical fallacy. Thank you so much for that, that insight. You're welcome. That's, that's what my brain just did. Did you find your IRL moment? I didn't find it. You I just, oh, I can't remember what it was. I'm sorry, I failed you. Can I tell you that I found mine? Yes. Or I thought of mine during um, in the Looking Glass episode. Uh, they he was at his like little meeting with all of his pe- the people who survived the squid attack, and uh, someone was like, "Oh, you were in New York the day of the squid attack," and he just goes, "New Jersey, technically," and that's really how I am. They're like, "Oh, do you work in New York?" Well, do you live in New York? Uh, technically, New Jersey, but <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Story of your life. Yep, story of my life. Oh, we did it. We did it. I'm going to find my moment, and in a future episode somewhere far, far away, I will put my IRL moment because it's going to bother me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Of course it is. You'll remember it at 2 a.m. this morning. That, oh, that happens entirely too often yep. for my liking. But anyway thank you all so much for listening if you haven't checked out Watchmen, what are you waiting for go do it it's on hbo max you can follow us and check us out on instagram at hey it's two girls you can follow me on instagram um at classic Tina. you can follow danielle on instagram at danielle kobianki send us an email at two girls watch tv at gmail.com t-w-o spelled out follow the blog beer coffee donuts check out the youtube channel two girls drink beer Move it into glug, our glug. autumn beverages. Mm-hmm. Autumn. 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 Is that it? Yeah. Heck yeah. All right, everyone. Enjoy your weekend. Bye. Bye. What's up?